0: Thanks for staying with us on Real Presence Live. I'm one of your hosts, Brad Gray, joined by...
1: Yeah, Janine Bitson. Wow, it's been an incredible first hour. It is. A very powerful first hour that just relates so much to what's going on in the world and and, um, just our role in it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, But before we head into our next segment, I want to invite you to visit our website, realpresenceradio.com, for even more great content. There you can listen to programming from your local area, find a podcast if you missed one of the daily shows, submit a prayer intention and see the latest cancellations and announcements that are coming with the coronavirus precautions as it's popping up uh, in other parts of the country, uh, much more. Be sure to check it out. That's realpresenceradio.com. Well, we are uh, overjoyed now to have the privilege of uh, continuing the conversation moving forward with uh, Bishop Donald DeGrud of the Diocese of Sioux Falls. Good morning, Your Excellency. Thank you for being on the air with us.
2: Oh, you're welcome. It's an honor to do it.
0: Well, that's fantastic. How was the Fourth uh, the of July for you?
2: Oh, it was wonderful. It was wonderful. I had some uh, fantastic time with the Lord, some fantastic time with uh, some of my... Family and got to see my 89 year old mother and spent a little uh, good fraternity time with her awesome. and celebrating mass with her. So, yeah, it was awesome.
0: Well, fantastic. Oh,
1: that's great. Oh, wonderful. You know, we are just so excited to have you join us this morning. Um You know, The world is just seems a little turned upside down right now. Mm -hmm. Usually it's one or two crises. It seems like now every day there's a hundred that hit us, you know? It it just does seem to have a lot of turmoil in it. And we're so excited for you to help guide our listeners through um, how we live as a child of God. So thank you so much for being here, Bishop.
2: You're welcome. You're
1: welcome.
0: Bishop, with... With all the unrest that we're encountering, and you know, now having just celebrated the independence of our country, kind of the unification of our country, what do we as Catholics do as we're facing this turmoil and tumult? We have this on the social level, the societal level, but there's also the reality on the individual level. We all experience right, that as right. well. Like, how do we? Uh, what do we do with that?
2: Ah, uh, it's a great question. So I. Make an important distinction. When we think of turmoil, think of external turmoil and interior turmoil. So in the case that the external things that come our way, for example, the trials with COVID and, you know, the, the, certainly the things that have been happening in parts of the country, those external things, those circumstances, events, actions, or lack of actions that people uh, choose to do that can create an external turmoil that can trigger an internal response. Hmm. Internal response often to give into that turmoil. So, to give into, for example, anxiety or fear or maybe uh, revenge, anger, right? So, there's all kinds of internal uh, responses. So, what I'm advising is that whatever comes our way uh, from the outside whether it's from circumstances in the world, and certainly the evil one, uh, as well as an outside influence that can create great turmoil. Um, but what we want to is we want to go to our interior relationship with God to notice that even if there's external turmoil going on, there can still be internal peace. Mm. And let me speak into that a little bit. It relates to our identity of who we are as human beings. If we look at Genesis, we see all the way back in the early part of Genesis where we're made in the image and likeness of God. And of course, you know, there's the beautiful salvation story history where God the Father sends Jesus, and Jesus comes into the world to save us from our sins and to restore us back to right relationship with God. And we get that privilege to be restored back into right relationship with God in our baptism. So having been made in the image and likeness of God, restored to that place of of intimacy with God through baptism, so we get God's own life within us. So here is the secret, if you will, to internal peace. When God dwells within us, when the Holy Spirit is within us, and we're able to receive that, even if there's external trials great distress going on in the world in our family in our own personal life we can still have a great internal peace mm. as we struggle through the external things
0: mm-hmm.
2: why because a child of god having been made in his image and likeness having been baptized we actually allow god into our life. god is our source our security He is the one that enables us, for example, to be heroic in courage. So if we think of, uh, for example, the various uh, gifts of the Holy Spirit that God gives us. So those are some of the things we first receive in baptism. So wisdom, standing, counsel, knowledge, piety, fortitude, fear of the Lord. But in addition to that, we're given supernatural virtues, so spiritual power within us. Uh, through what are called the cardinal virtues. So these aren't just human virtues, even though we can have a certain level of capacity, God gives us a supernatural power when it comes to the areas of uh, prudence, justice, temperance, and fortitude. So if there's an external trial, we can receive the supernatural power to do it in a way that rises above the turmoil that might come to us from the external. Now, if that isn't enough, then God also blesses us with beautiful supernatural virtues of faith, hope, and love. Mm. And so once we know who we are, our identity, the child of God, we, in a sense, rest in the confidence of being that beloved child of God, knowing that God will provide for us even if there are trials, even if there's suffering, even if there's confusion and hardship in our lives and in our world, God is still in charge. <laughs> and so it really goes back to what is our identity? We're a child of God. We're made in the image and likeness of God. God loves us so much. He gives us all these supernatural resources, if you will, his own life within us that enables us to overcome anything. These and you are the know, greatest turmoils of our life. Yeah, well, let and, me stop at that and take questions.
1: You know, uh, Bishop, in in what you were saying, and as I was taking in all those different virtues and heroic virtues, uh, it made me think of the lives of the saints, and in in all these difficult times in history, the church has produced some amazing beautiful saints that we have examples of heroic virtue that we have examples on how they dealt with difficult times in history and and we're in we're in that same kind of situation now and how beautiful it is that that you shared you know how we can deal with turmoil that we're living in whether internal or external because there's a lot of external right now mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And Bishop, you know, I'm I'm curious, there's not all external turmoil, as we would all acknowledge, is man-made. right? <laughs> uh, so I think of, you know, in our listening area, there are many farmers out there that are dealing with really dry seasons. And I know my father-in-law had to replant his crops for the first time in 30 years because they're just not getting any rain in Western North Dakota where he's at. So what do you do with that sort of a thing where it's you know, it's not just necessarily the sinfulness of the world around us, but it's just, it's it's external situations, um, and, and how do you cultivate that internal peace as a child of God in the midst of those sort of situations?
1: Yeah,
2: great question. You know, I think of an example of my, my own father's life. Um, he was a farmer as well, and certainly there were times uh, growing up that we would be praying like heck, and there would be trials, uh, you know, the crops, the uh, crops or whatever it might be, Um, ultimately it it goes back to that identity as a child of God, saying God's got a plan here that I can't see and I can't know. And it might be really difficult. Mm -hmm. It might be another really trying year uh, on the farm, for example, which it has been in many areas for a good number of years, and is, right? For a good number of farmers and ranchers. Um, But I think of an example even in his own life. He was diagnosed with cancer, and uh, by the time he found it, it was too far gone. And he was told that it was terminal, and as he was visiting with my mom, he had this wonderful line. He said, uh, God has a plan for our lives, and we that. So it's ultimately saying, I'm going to surrender myself mm-hmm. to God, and my confidence is going to be in God, even if it's what might seem the most difficult thing. <laughs> I can't fix the cancer in me, or I can't fix the fact that I'm not getting rain." I can still trust myself completely to God. God will bring great things out of it. That's the kind of disposition I think that we take.
0: Yeah, I think that is such a critical thing, and it's it's so difficult for us to cultivate that utter conviction that God really does care, right? right. I mean, I think I think there's that we always have that war. At least most of us experience that war in us of the intellectual con- belief that God is is here, He's good, that He loves us, and so on. But then the the actual lived life experience of having that conviction that in the midst of this crisis, God still loves me, he's still powerful enough to care for me, and that he he does care for me, even as you said, when things don't go the way that I want them to be going, right?
2: Oh, absolutely. I find so many times in my life I think, oh, I can't let this happen because of whatever, and of course it does happen, and then I realize <laughs> it actually brought me to a better place spiritually and personally mm-hmm. for the yeah. trial.
1: yeah. It, it is so true. We each individual has those moments in their life. You you fight and you fight and you fight because you just don't want this to happen. And and like you say, it happens anyway. And then hindsight, when you look back, you're like, wow, you know, God's plan was way better than mine. I should have just gotten out of the way.
2: <laughs> but, yeah, absolutely. Example, just kind of related to my dad. Uh, the, the example, you know, it was so hard for me to accept that because he was so healthy as a farmer and doing so great, and all of a sudden, boom, you know, this, too far gone, and nine months later, he died just dealing with that reality. But I realized, having gone through all of that and the struggle and suffering in the loss, I really experienced that I'm a better Catholic, mm. I'm a better uh, son, I'm a better brother, and I'm a better priest. Because I just, it's it's an experience that so radically transformed me because it was beyond me. But when I accepted it, God was able to bring great things out of it for me in a a spiritual way.
0: Absolutely. Beautiful. beautiful. Well, Bishop, we're going to just step away for a couple minutes here and take a brief break. But let's continue the conversation on the other side when we come back. So stay with us. We'll be back with more Real Presence Live right after this.
1: The world is changing fast and needs problem solvers and critical thinkers. Right here in your backyard, Not Marty believes every student has the potential to serve the world and make a difference. We will help you obtain a degree that prepares you for success by exploring your talents and passion. Our community goes above and beyond to help each student feel at home, surrounded by love and support. We can't wait for you to see what's possible. And we hope the future brings you here, close to home at mountmarty.edu. Mayo Pharmacy in Bismarck is a faith-based pharmacy committed to delivering excellent care.
2: You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join in the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show.
0: And we're back with our conversation with Bishop Donald DeGrood of the Diocese of Sioux Falls. We're talking about uh, cultivating a sense of peace in the midst of turmoil, the distinction between an external turmoil and our internal response, that they are not identical. Uh, um, Bishop, so we were talking about um, you know, that, that distinction between the two um, and how we can cultivate a sense of internal peace in the midst of external turmoil, and, and certainly we're seeing that right now, you know, and, and it's, it's fascinating as we're watching really the mind of our country change by the day right now with, with various things, and you know, certainly with the, the George Floyd incident, and, and people recognizing that you know, we really want to meet... Uh, our brothers and sisters, our fellow citizens as brothers and sisters. Um, but there are also responses that are not uh, consistent with our Catholic faith. There's a great uh, podcast I watched recently of Matt frad and Trent Horn, and Trent was talking about Black Lives Matter and how, while on one hand they promote a sort of equality, they also promote many things that are contrary to our Catholic faith, such as transgenderism and uh, the same-sex uh, marriage and those sorts of things, and so you know that's not something that we can endorse this organization of Black Lives Matter. But and, and you see all these people looting and, and that sort of thing. So the, the the question I'm getting to is, how do we act toward those who are causing the turmoil that we're experiencing uh, when while we're try, trying to cultivate this this sense of inner peace? You might have a person or an, an entity. Um, a societal or group that that is at the heart of this, how do we as Christians respond to those individuals?
2: Yeah, I think we have to realize that in all of these things, uh, we have to realize that God is going to have to ultimately be the one to bring inner peace, mm-hmm. uh, not only for us, but anybody who's been through uh, trials and difficulties. So, if we use the example uh, of you know the various people that have been Um, hurt, offended, if there's been injustices, as there have been uh, in the past. Um, You know, we need to be very understanding of the trials that they've been through and trying to understand their struggles. Um, So listening and being present, uh, praying, asking God for grace, for insight, for healing uh, of those memories. Uh, But it's also being able to love people, uh, in a sense, where they're at and through their difficulties and trials. It's certainly not condoning anything that would not be of God. Uh, So it's really, you know, what God has revealed to us in Scripture and tradition, we have the guidelines, if you will, by how to live our lives, the pathway to healthiness, happiness, and holiness. Uh, And so our modeling of that, our witness of that, our patience with those who are struggling, but also our understanding of the internal struggle that they might be experiencing, and finding ways that we can have and uh, reach out to people who are in need and helping them through that journey. So we see it as a helpful way of dealing with it. We certainly have the great privilege as citizens um, in voting rights, for example, and advocating for what is good, true, and just. Uh, So we have uh, avenues of that uh, means as well. kind of our own personal responsibility as a citizen, our personal responsibility as a Christian, finding ways to promote what is good and help people see the beauty and dignity where they actually become attracted because it is the truth and there's goodness in it, rather than giving into something that would be full or um, sinful um, and can have great um, negative impact upon others
1: yeah yeah and that is the challenge that we have and and my concern is is if we don 't really nurture our faith and our relationship with God, then our internal response is not going to be that that is charitable to those that have had real hurts and real and and not just real but there there's a lot of lack of information and in the first segment, we talked about the devil 's four d s and you know, deception and division and, you know, the things that He throws at us. And so, you know, it's so important that we do latch on to, you know, being that baptized child of God and what we're called to be, you know, in our lifetime to help bring unity to the world and not division. And finding that peace is so important to be mm-hmm. able to do that.
0: Yeah,
2: Yeah, Bishop. In fact, you reminded me of the oh, teachings please. of St. Thomas Aquinas. And I'm just I'm summarizing here, but it's basically that we should allow our passions, desire so if we're angry about something as an example, we should allow all of our passions to be governed by reason. What's the prudent thing to do? But then we allow our reason to be enlightened by faith, so what God has revealed to us in scripture and tradition, but then it's motivated by love, right. by divine love. So if we have that kind of sequence, passion, governed by reason, enlightened by faith, motivated by love, mm-hmm. that's how we find our way the integration of uh, even the hurts and wounds of our lives.
0: Yeah. Uh, Bishop, I, I, uh, I'd love to get your thoughts on uh, another aspect of this. Um, so as a parent, I, I have seven kids, uh, five of them are still at home. And, Praise God. Yes, uh, he's <laughs> yes. been very gracious to me, so I'm I'm very, very grateful. Um But one of the things, you know, we had some recent decisions by the Supreme Court that were very unsettling. And uh, there was another um, incident here a couple months ago where a Harvard professor was saying how um, parents have rights to their children because the state has granted them rights. Like, it's not an inherent thing. It's a state-given thing. And certainly there are trends within our society that that want to socialize and governmentalize um, every aspect of human life and you know as a parent my probably my greatest fear when i look at the social unrest is that there could be some scenario where my children are taken away and you know indoctrinated into a into an ideology that's very foreign for me that's that's just one of the things that that leaves me um anxious in in many respects and i i think um i think one of the things that's probably the most helpful for me is to recognize that um, there's, I think, a, a natural human tendency to think in terms of this life as our greatest good. And I'm, I'm mm-hmm. so powerfully moved by the witness of the seven brothers and the mother of Second Maccabees, yeah. uh, where they, they recognize, look, we're going to die here. We're going to die brutally, gruesomely, something that only we Catholics have in our scriptures, um, the 2 <laughs> Maccabees. Um, but, but they recognize that their eyes are actually on... Another world, and that, in many senses, it doesn't matter what the devil does here in this life because I'm destined for another life. And I think that for me is is really a a powerful and poignant part in the midst of looking at the world around us. What do you What do you say to that, Bishop?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. You're so spot on. No, I think that's uh, often the challenge is if we're not looking at the end. So I often think of it as healthy, happy, and holy be healthy means really integrated. To be happy means that we're orientated towards the right end, as you're saying, eternal life and being with God, doing His will. Uh, and that's what makes us holy. So it's the integration of those things. So you are spot on, and I think today, you know, with all the secularism and relativism and all these sorts of things, uh, people are focused on many other things, and we can lose the focus of what it is that we're really, uh, what's going to bring us happiness and what's what we're... Uh, we're designed to be. We're designed to be in the image and likeness of God. We're invited into that relationship, and when we do, that's where happiness and holiness lie.
1: Yeah, and and I think God is challenging us too in the the times of of where we're at in our world because we, God's mercy. I mean, wow, God's mercy. How we need to really be extending that, you know, to our neighbor. Uh, to all those that we know and, and don't know, you know, um, who are doing things that might frustrate or, or or bring turmoil or tumult, um, but God's mercy and how are we providing that to others? Mm-hmm. Um, that that's a real powerful thing I think God is calling us to do because we have become a little complacent, and I can speak for myself. You know, having just a, a very comfortable lifestyle, we've been so blessed. Um, and yet am i showing mercy how, how am i you know um really practicing um and sharing the graces that god has given me mm-hmm. and and i think what it, i think these times of challenge we all need to look internally to ourselves and how are we being part of the solution instead of part of the problem are we being complacent and comfortable where we're at or are we you know, discerning where God wants us to go and how He wants us to help the situation. Because, you know, we're all called to, to be more united as, as a, a human race. And what are we doing?
0: Yeah. Bishop, we just have about a minute and a half left. Do you have any final thoughts, uh, you know, on this aspect of, of finding that peace in the midst of external turmoil?
2: Yeah, I think there's such beautiful insights. You know, the real key uh, is, again, just really receiving the love of God. And when we realize how loved we are and we live out of that place of love, it helps us face any and every trial that will come our way. It helps us keep the ultimate goal of heaven and living in that place of love. So as which just described so beautifully, we can we can act in mercy, we can act in kindness, we can act in patience, but we can also act courageously mm-hmm. in regards to the injustices uh, that are happening in the world today, and helping educate others. Uh, and that's why I'm so grateful for you know Real Presence Radio and other really good Catholic Solid organizations that are really helping to get the truth, you know, you know out there and known and applied to life, so that we don't become complacent. We don't become reactionary or judgmental in a way that's not helping the ultimate good. God's plan for the world, our cooperation, uh, as beloved adopted sons and daughters. So I think it's just really continuing to enter into the fullness of the the adventure of the life right. that the Lord has us on. Uh, the spiritual and human reality coming together, but always remembering in the end. It's all about our relationship with God. And living out of that, that's how we find the ultimate turmoil.
0: Beautiful, beautiful, oh. Bishop. Could we uh, could we close this with uh, your episcopal blessing?
2: Absolutely. The Lord be with you and, and with, with your, your spirit. spirit. May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit descend upon all of you and remain with you forever and ever.
1: Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: Awesome. Oh. Thank you so much, Bishop. Yes. Thank you. All right. We are going to You're
2: welcome. Keep up the great work. Well,
1: Praise God. He's doing it all. (laughs) Yes. It's all through him. And thank you for all you do. All right. Bye-bye.
0: All right. We're going to come back right on the other side of this break with more discussions surrounding the accelerating vaccine development with Father Tad Paholchek. So stay stay tuned. We'll be back with more Real Presence Live right after this.